This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday, 29th of September. In your Squiz today... Pain at the petrol pump, Florida bracing for impact, Optus push to pay up, and some toxic toads. This is your Squiz Today. Claire, while we were sleeping, the Albanese government has restored the excise on fuel to its full amount, meaning that petrol prices could be about to spike. Before we get to that, let's take a brief walk down memory lane, Siobhan, for just a moment. Uh, It was in the March budget that the Morrison government cut the excise by 22.1 cents a litre, and that was planned for six months uh, as part of a cost of living package after fuel prices really surged at the start of this year. That happened when global crude oil prices hit record highs, and it came down to the prospect of restricted access to Russia's massive oil oil production as a result of that war in Ukraine Uh, and with the new Albanese government facing up to some really big economic challenges. A decision has been taken to collect the full 46 cents a litre excise for motorists going forward uh, after taking into account indexation and GST. The experts say that fuel prices will rise by 25.3 cents a litre in the coming days. Yes, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission says there should be a lag of up to five days, though, before the price increase flows through to the pump. And that's because many stations get their fuel deliveries on a once or twice weekly basis. But once it kicks in, it isn't going to be a short term problem for people who need to use their vehicles on a daily basis. No, it's about a $10 a tank extra, uh, and that's why it's seen the federal government forego about $3 billion in revenue since the Morrison government made that cut in March. But what Treasurer Jim Chalmers says is that petrol has got a bit cheaper in recent weeks, and the ACCC is going to be watching the fuel price uh, from the wholesalers and the retailers. They're going to do that like a hawk uh, to ensure that consumers aren't ripped off. But yeah, it's just another increased cost on top of higher mortgages, higher electricity bills and higher everything thanks to inflation. Despite millions of Aussies still struggling with the rising cost of living, Chalmers says the excise cut is unable to be continued because it simply costs too much and the government just cannot maintain those kinds of losses moving forward. Yesterday, he said he'll be releasing a bread and butter budget on 25th of October that will include some cost of living relief. Claire, Britain's Defence Ministry says Russia could illegally seize four occupied Ukrainian provinces as soon as Friday after the results of a sham referendum reported a majority of more than 95% voting in favour of joining Russia. Ukraine and its Western allies say that they won't recognise those results. And as we talked about yesterday, there's far from flattering reports about how that vote has been conducted with claims of coercion and violent threats. In response, further economic sanctions against Russia are being considered by the European Union. And Russian President Vladimir 
Vladimir Putin is scheduled to address Russia's parliament tomorrow. Uh, That's when it's thought that he'll announce the annexation of those four regions. With Putin continuing to threaten the use of nuclear weapons, if what they deem to be their sovereign territory is attacked, this situation could get even more serious. And if you want to know more about what's going on, Claire, you and Kate have made another excellent squiz shortcut about Putin's latest move this week, which is out now. Yeah, a lot has happened in the last week. And as you say, it is serious stuff. So uh, we make it easy to get across Putin's mobilisation of troops, uh, the threats to you nuclear weapons and these referendums. I'll post a link to that in your episode notes and I really recommend it for getting your head around everything that's happening in this complex conflict. Claire, it seems like there's no end in sight for the world's wild weather as more than two and a half million people are under evacuation orders as Hurricane Ian hits central Florida. So Ian's been making its way north to the US mainland and on its way it's already left widespread damage in Cuba and it's left the entire island nation without power. Southern Florida has already felt the first effects of that storm. It's had heavy wind and heavy rain and multiple tornadoes but conditions are set to deteriorate with the US National Hurricane Centre warning of devastating winds of up to 225 kilometres per hour. Uh, And of course, as with all hurricanes, they're very worried about storm surges and flash flooding. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has warned that Ian's impacts will be felt far and wide throughout the state. And it won't end there, with the storm set to move across other parts of the US later this week. Coming home, Claire, and we spoke quite a bit yesterday about the Optus data hack of 9.8 million customers' private information being exposed. But the fallout is continuing. Now the federal government is calling on the telecommunications giant to pay for replacement passports for all those people who've been compromised. Foreign Minister Penny Wong has written to the Optus boss, Kelly Bay Rosemarin. Uh, she sought confirmation that the company is going to pay for new passports for Aussies whose travel document details have been accessed in that data breach. Uh, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has also confirmed that there will be data law reform Uh, including bigger penalties for companies that fail to adequately protect information. He says that federal authorities are working around the clock with Optus to gather crucial evidence on what's gone down. Making matters worse for Optus is the fact that a second major law firm is now considering launching a class action lawsuit over the breach, with Morris Blackburn joining Slater and Gordon, calling on victims to register their interests. So this is not going away anytime soon for the company. Claire, when I think of cane toads, I usually think of sugar cane fields in Queensland. But the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries has warned that the amphibians may have been breeding on a property just one hour north of Sydney. So these cane toads have been found in a suburb uh, of southern Lake Macquarie in the New South Wales Hunter region. It's right next to Newcastle uh, and it's more than 500 kilometres south of that Clarence Valley containment zone uh, and it's made it one of the most significant outbreaks since 2010. Uh, experts are working to establish whether those toads were unintentionally brought in by a delivery truck or, or whether there's something more serious and they're actually breeding locally. Uh, Either way, cane toads are pretty gross. 
New South Wales Agriculture Minister Dougald Saunders said community members must be diligent in keeping an eye out for and reporting any rogue toads. A message now from our podcast partner, Sunbeam. With so many unhealthy snacks on offer, it can be hard to find something to keep your kids satisfied and happy. Sunbeam's dried fruit and cheese chilled snacks contain only real fruit and real cheese with no artificial colours or flavours. And they're a great source of calcium. It's a snack you can feel good about giving them while you're on the go. Pick up a pack today in the dairy fridge at your local Woolworths, Coles or independent retailer. We mentioned, Claire, yesterday that we've got a survey going at the moment. It's about 20 questions. It should take about five minutes. And thanks to heaps and heaps of those of you who've already done it so far. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, squizzes are so good to us, uh, but we reckon we can probably squeeze a few more responses out of you. So if you haven't done it yet, give it a go. Uh, We ask about what you value, how you feel about the news in the world, all sorts of things that can help us be better. The link is in your episode notes or in the Squiz Today email if you're signed up for that. Claire, there's a bit of a running joke now about your feelings on various vegetables. So you may or may not be interested to know that a Tassie farmer has grown Australia's first commercial crop of European white asparagus. Yes, we've talked quite a bit about the vegetables that particularly I don't like, actually quite like green asparagus, but this white asparagus, as you say, the first commercial crop. Uh, Richard Weston is the farmer. He's from Brighton in southern Tasmania. It's a small family farm. And what he says is he discovered it when he was in Europe. He thinks it has a sweeter and an earthier flavour. And he's really keen to make sure that Australians eating in restaurants have an opportunity to get some of the locally grown product. Yeah, I have to say I am not a fan. I think it's extremely overrated, not least because you have to drown it in a tonne of butter to make it actually taste of anything and it's really stringy and it's expensive. But um, that said, though, well done to the farmer and I hope they continue to flog it for an outrageous amount far and wide to everybody. All I heard was there's a lot of butter involved. (laughs) That can't be a bad thing. That's it from us today, but Claire and I will be back to round out your week tomorrow. G'day, Kate Watson here. I'm the host of Weekly Wrap and News Club, a place for conversations about the news. It's budget week, so I'm here to tell you about our News Club episode from last week, where Claire chatted with James Chessel. He's the former Managing Director of Publishing at Nine Entertainment. He was also a staffer earlier in his career, so they have a good chat about how the budget sausage is made. Here's a small snippet. The most important policy or set of policies the government will announce every year. So it's important that it's not um, announced willy-nilly, although mm. they do leak <laughs> a, a fair amount of it. Yeah. And there is a famous time when uh, when um, Laurie Oakes, the nine journalist, got his hand on the budget papers b- the day before the budget and was it's able to such print. such an incredible story. Was able to print a lot of it, um, which was, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is... 
a lot of what the treasurer will announce has the ability to move markets, yeah. um, direct impact on on businesses and and other organisations. So you know there does need to be some rigour and uh, confidence that it will be handed handled in an appropriate appropriate way. For more on that chat, just search for News Club in your podcast app or follow the link in your episode notes.